Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Jay, and this is the Rewatch Podcast. I watch movies all the time. Then I like to rewatch them, and sometimes I'll even watch them again. It doesn't matter if they're good or bad or just downright terrible. I'm going to watch them and then tell you all about them. And sometimes I'll have special guests join me. This is the Rewatch Podcast. Welcome back to the Rewatch Podcast. I'm Jay Thomas, and this week we are finally going to take a look at Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. My name is Miles Morales. I'm Brooklyn's one and only Spider-Man. And things are going great. Oh, yeah. You were supposed to be her five. All right, whatever. Whatever? Wow. Whatever? So are you like a cow or a Dalmatian? I am the spot. <laughs> it's not funny. Don't, don't do that. Miles' grades are pretty good. A in AP Physics. That's my little man. And a B in Spanish. What? Ooh, okay. Miles. Are you trying to Mira, that's what I'm saying. I gotta go. All right, bye. He's lying to you. And I think you know it. What's up, danger? Miles! Wanna get out of here? Oh, when? So wait a minute. There's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it? Who's the new guy? This is unbelievable. This is the lobby. Miguel O'Hara. The whole thing was his idea. What's the guy got to do to join this spider team? You can never be part of this. Don't even get me started on Doctor Strange and the little nerd back on Earth 1999-99. Come on, go easy on the kid. He had a terrible teacher. Peter. Miles. Mayday. You have a baby? I have a baby. I'll take it from here. Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. You have a choice between saving one person and saving every world. Send me home. I can't do that. I can do both! Spider-Man always... Not always. What about Uncle Ben? If not for Uncle Ben, most of us wouldn't be here. Can't stop me now! Can't run forever, kid! I can't lose one more friend. Miguel, this isn't what we talked about! You knew? I had no idea what you're doing! Everyone keeps telling me how my story is supposed to go. Nah. I'm gonna do my own thing. All stations, stop Spider-Man! You? 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 Let me guess, he died. I wanted to see this movie two months ago when it came out. I wasn't able to make it to the theater. It just didn't work out for me, and I was so mad. It doesn't help that it's two hours and 20 minutes, but I will say, for a movie that is, uh, you know, two, almost two and a half hours long, this doesn't feel like it at all. Spider-Man Across the Universe, of course, is the sequel. I say Across the Universe, Across the Spider-Verse, is uh, the sequel, obviously, to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I wasn't sure they'd be able to do anything like that again. And this movie blew my expectations out of the water. Like, it is so good and takes everything that I liked about the first movie and builds on it to a point where, mild spoilers throughout this podcast, I won't give away everything, but this movie is, if, if you don't know yet, which you should, it's been out for a month, is part one of a two-part movie. And I'm really getting tired, I will just say this, I'm really getting tired of franchises doing this. Fast and Furious just did it, 
Mission Impossible did it, which I haven't seen yet, but I'm really hoping I can soon. But they're doing this a lot where it's like they're breaking up one story into two, and I it's driving me nuts. But across the Spider-Verse, and I know I'm jumping to the end, the, the way that it stops, the way that this story stops, is the best I've seen it done in a very long time. It is such a satisfying, frustrating, but satisfying cliffhanger. It's exactly what you want a cliffhanger to be. I mean, it's, it's, I think this movie is perfect. I could end the podcast right now by just saying, this movie, I thought it was perfect. The art in this blew me away. I text two different people and said, this movie is beautiful. It is. The artwork and animation in this movie is absolutely 100% like the most stunning thing I've ever seen. And I know I was just, just completely grown crazy last week about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, and that is also great, but it's kind of, it's, it's sort of dingy and like from the sewers, like the turtles should be. And like I said, that movie clearly was inspired by Into the Spider-Verse in a way that it can do animation in a way that we haven't seen before. But this movie took everything from that first one and just built on it animation style. And the way that it goes in and out of different kinds of animation is great because they, it does it in a way that half the time I didn't even notice that like it, I'm like, oh, that's a different, that's like a 2D animation style. And this has been 3D. And then this is sort of a glitchy, sort of grainy version. And the way that it interacts, and then when they go to different, you know, uh, universes, the way the entire art style changes. They do this so well. And as far as like multiverse movies, which again, same as the part ones and part twos, I'm getting very tired of multiverse. It's everywhere. And it has been for quite a few years now. Again, this movie... I feel does it better than almost every other one. And I'm pretty glad I didn't see The Flash after I saw this because I feel like my review would have been a lot different of The Flash. Like, I was pretty forgiving of that movie in a lot of ways. And it, one thing I did say was like, you know, it does the uni- uh, multiverse thing in, in not a new way. Like, I've seen everything that they do in that movie. I've seen it before. And in this one, yes. I mean, there's stuff that uh, you if you've seen a multiverse movie, You've seen mostly all of them, but like this one, I was expecting certain things to happen. I mean, not as the whole thing was going, but as it was leading to like the end, I kind of, I had an idea of where we were going to land and it did sort of go there, but it was in the way they paced it out. The reveals of everything are just so perfect leading to that cliffhanger finale. And I was just so excited, but let's get back like to the beginning. Uh, what, who is in this movie? Who? Uh, makes up the Across the Spider-Verse. Well, we, Miles Morales is back, played by Shameik Moore. Haley Steinfeld is back as Gwen Stacy. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry plays Miles' dad. Luna Lauren Valles uh, is, is Rio, Miles' mom. And Jake Johnson returns a little bit later in the movie as Peter B. Parker, which I was so happy about that. Uh, Issa Rae plays Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. Uh, and Jason Schwartzman plays The Spot, who is the villain in the movie. And a silly villain to begin with that ends up being a super villain, like a horrible character. And it's funny because I could not tell who Spot was when the movie got, when he was introduced. I thought it was Ben Schwartz at first. I was like, oh, I, I obviously that's him. And then as he was going, I'm like, no, that's not him. Who the hell is it? And then I had to look it up. And I was like, oh, it's Jason Schwartzman. I had no idea. Uh, Karen Sani plays P- Paviter, the, uh, like the Indian Spider-Man. And then you got Hobie Brown played by Daniel Kaluuya from uh, Get Out. He is basically Spider-Punk. One of the coolest additions 
to this series I've ever seen. Not just because he's punk, but like the way that they make him looks like every like pop art grungy Sex Pistols type thing you've ever seen from like the uh, early punk scene in England. It's so good. Like it's so great the way they did it. Um, Shay Winningham, who's like one of those guys that you know, he's in everything. You don't know his name, but he's in everything. He does the voice of George Stacy, uh, Gwen Stacy's dad. Andy Samberg has a role in this. Rachel Dratch is in this. Jack Quaid uh, plays Gwen's Peter Parker. Mashallah Ali is back as Uncle Aaron, the Prowler, uh, in some flashbacks, and then you know, in one of these alternate universes, he's he's there as well. I mean, this movie's jam packed with basically everybody I liked from the first one, and the new characters I really liked. Oscar Isaac plays Miguel O'Hara, who is a Spider-Man from the future, who's kind of in charge of like this spider force that uh, makes sure the multiverse is in order. They're sort of like uh, the TVA from Loki, in a way, but it's all Spider-Men. And that is one of the coolest things ever. But as far as the movie goes, we start with Gwen Stacy, which I wasn't expecting. And I liked that character in the first one. And it explores her world and her version of Peter, because we know that she lost her Peter Parker. And it shows you exactly what happened. And it's a lot more tragic than you know, then they let on. Like, you never really know what happens to him. You just know that he died in her arms, and you get to see why that is and what happens and how it sort of looks when her dad shows up, who's a captain, and has to turn his gun on his daughter, which he doesn't know at the time, and she reveals it, and the art and the design of everything that's going on right at that moment, That's I think that's when I was texting people, I'm like, this is a beautiful movie. Like, the scene was really good, and it was heartbreaking, but the way they changed the art, I mean, it was like watercolor and it just seemed like a painting at times and then I couldn't tell if Gwen was actually if they were done like 3D or like traditional animation it was so neat to watch I mean it was just like there was something to see in every single scene like I'm trying to remember everything that happened in the movie because there's so much flying at you god I couldn't imagine seeing this movie in 3D um and then after we get to Gwen like she meets up with um these other characters from a different universe and she's part of this group that kind of, you know, gets rid of moments that are going to change the multiverse. You know, it's, it's, it's the same thing, you know, it's kind of what happens in Loki. But they definitely want to make sure that canon events happen. Like, in every Spider-Man story, there has to be an Uncle Ben situation. There has to be something to push Spider-Man forward. Um, unfortunately, Gwen Stacy's dad dies in most universes. We don't know what's going to happen in this one with him, um, but... You know, through circumstances, mild spoiler, he stops being Captain Stacy, which we don't really know till much later in the movie. But uh, so she has to go with these guys and she because she's really good at what she does and they want her help. But they keep saying, like, do not tell your friend. He can't know anything about this. We don't want him involved. And that, of course, leads us back to Miles Morales. And where he's at in the journey of Spider-Man is he's kind of just becoming you know, his world Spider-Man. He's becoming very good at it. He's falling into the same things we've seen with pretty much every other version, whether it's live action or animated. His life is getting harder as he keeps being Spider-Man and he has to keep lying to his parents and all that stuff is is starting to affect school and his relationship with his mom and his dad. And I love the mom and dad. I think they are, um, they're, everybody does the voice work. Just I keep saying perfect. It's like I said in the beginning of this podcast. Like, this movie, to me, I thought was perfect. I love the relationship that Miles has with his dad, uh, who's just trying to be as accepting to him as he can, but he's keeping the secret of being Spider-Man, 
and his mom's trying to hold him tight, but also let him go a little bit. And it's a, uh, it, it's a good coming of age tale, which I'm a sucker for. I've said that m- so many times on this podcast. I love a good coming of age story and we're not done yet with miles and him becoming the Spider-Man kind of like with, um, Tom Holland. Like I kind of thought, you know, the origin story was the first one, but really the trilogy has been the origin story of his Spider-Man. And, uh, we get glimpses of a lot of the different Spider-Men live action in this one as well. When we kind of get into, when we get to like the Spider-Man hub of, you know, them trying to maintain the multiverse, uh, you see these different clips and you see like Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield when they're explaining to everybody, you know, there's moments that need to absolutely happen. And, you know, we have to maintain that. So you get glimpses all of it. But I don't think Tom Holland's in it. I don't I don't think they ever show anything from the MCU version. Although he is referenced, and so is Doctor Strange, since they just literally did a multiverse movie as well. Because, you know, they got to keep doing these over and over and over again. But it was great to have Miles back. And I think uh, Shameik Moore does such a good job voicing Miles. And it was fun to hear his, like, his version of Spider-Man and how his voice changes and how he does all that. Gwen isn't supposed to you know, come back, but she does at one point to see him when she gets this power that she can jump through universes. Uh, Before she can do that, though, Miles uh, meets up with Spot, a supervillain that literally just throws spots and he can go through it. Very similar to the holes from Roger Rabbit uh, that you can just throw and then it makes a hole in anything. And it's a silly villain. He was, he's a silly villain in comics. I've never even heard of him, uh, but he's just kind of one of those throwaway uh, characters and that's they kind of reference him like that that he's just like a villain of the week and not a big thing but uh, he takes great offense to that and it makes it his mission to become the arch nemesis of Miles Morales' Spider-Man because um, you know as as we learn again mild spoilers the man that he was prior to being Spot worked for the Kingpin working on the accelerator that I think that's what it's called made the multiverse open up and he was there and because of what miles did this dude got affected by it and he became the spot and he made him but then he's also the one that brought the spider into miles's universe and that spider bit miles and you know it's it's supposed to be somewhere else creating a different spider-man so there's a whole lot of like you made me i made you Batman, Joker, 89 type of business going on. Eventually, Miles and Gwen meet back up and they do some work together. And then then her people show up and Miles follows when he's not supposed to because he can become invisible and goes to this meeting that he's not supposed to be at. And then he goes into this, you know, world, this other universe where all the Spider-Men live. Oh, they don't live, but they come and work and help track down other Spider-Men and villains who are trying to destroy the multiverse. And uh, that's where we kind of get into the big arc of the movie of like spot has gone through this area and he is becoming stronger when he goes into his own, this is going to sound really weird when he goes into his own holes, finds ways to harness the multiverse and make it basically, he can go into anyone and get stronger and destroy these different canon events. And he just wants to destroy miles Morales's life. And, you know, if you follow Spider-Man, not necessarily the books, but any of the movies, you know Miles hasn't really had, other than Prowler, which was his uncle, but also the bad guy, he died, and he, it was, he was sort of the Uncle Ben moment, but you realize the captains, which is usually Captain Stacy, in these worlds, always end up dying, and his dad has just become captain. And the theory is, when Spot says he's going to 
destroy Miles and take everything away from him, like Miles took everything away from him, he's going to go after the dad. That's that's the idea. And Miles wants to stop it. And they're saying, no, Oscar Isaac's Miguel is like, no, you cannot do this. You have to, you can't change anything because I changed something once and it started to destroy the entire world that I was in. I loved the way Oscar Isaac played Miguel O'Hara. I don't know, I don't know anything about him from the comics. I know I've used the suit in one of the Spider-Man games on PlayStation, which I thought was fun because that Spider-Man is in the movie as well. I mean, just about every version of Spider-Man you could think of, just shy of, I think, the Japanese version is in this movie. And it's, uh, I haven't even, I'm sure I missed so many different things when all the Spider-Men are around each other. But he plays his character in such a, a way that, like, he's a hero, but also you can tell he's doing bad things to make sure everything stays the way it should be. Like, he thinks he's right 100%. And the way he, he he voices it, I mean, he's can be terrifying sometimes. He's like, no, you absolutely cannot go and change anything. Like, if he's die, if he dies, he's supposed to die. Like, you're not even supposed to be Spider Man. You're an anomaly. You shouldn't even be here. You're the one that caused all of this problem, and that's why Miles isn't supposed to be anywhere. And he kind of learns that everybody knows that. Peter B. Parker knows that. Uh, I loved it when Jake Johnson came back. I love the way he plays kind of the slobby, oafy Peter Parker. That It always made me laugh, and this time he's got a kid with him, which I thought was really funny. And he's in a bathrobe, Spider-Man suit and the bathrobe. Loved that. Um, but he, he finds out that, you know, all of these different Spider-Men, even the ones that were closer to him, they know that, like, Miles probably shouldn't have been Spider-Man, but they're also close to him, and they know he is a very, very good Spider-Man. And Miles thinks, well, if I'm not even supposed to be here, if I'm not even supposed to be Spider-Man, why do I have to follow your rules? I'm not listening to you later. And then he goes to try to save his dad. And literally every Spider-Man, which I wasn't expecting this, is chasing him in the whole, like, middle of this movie. Every single one is after him. And I'm like, I was not expecting the Spider-Men to basically become the villains in this movie. And it's so exciting. And like I said, the art is changing constantly because of the different characters. And I was just blown away by what I was watching the entire two and a half hours. And it just, it, for me, it flew by. And then when they get to that ending, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it. It is a very good ending. It is one that I was like, oh man, I kind of saw this coming, but I don't care because it's being executed so well. And I loved the evolution of these characters, of Miles becoming more of his own Spider-Man and not having to be these other characters. But where they leave him, I don't know what's going to happen. And I loved the fleshing out of Gwen Stacy's story, of her and her father, and finding out what happened to her Peter Parker, which I have never seen before. And it was it was really neat. And like I said with her, I loved the way the art styles were constantly changing based on what was happening, like with the emotion of everything. And uh, it was very blue a lot of the time, and then it would change. And it was uh, it was just, I don't even have the words to explain how beautiful I thought this movie was in every possible way. And definitely watch it. The bummer part of it, though, as much as I loved the ending of this movie, it is a cliffhanger. You don't get the full story. I think this movie is pretty self-contained as far as, I think Gwen's story is completely told in this. And then by the end, we're going to get kind of the group from the first movie back, at least that's what it seems like, um, to help Miles with what he's doing. And we still have a, a group of Spider-Men that are, I mean, I don't know that they're necessarily bad, but they're definitely against what Miles is doing. And so you've got, like, the good Spider-Man group and the bad Spider-Man group all uh, assuming will come together in that second story beyond the Spider-Verse. But the problem is, with the writer's strike and everything going on, 
it's been delayed indefinitely. There's not a date for it to come out. So I don't know when we're going to get the second part of the story. And that sucks because I want it right now. But I also love that I can't have it right now. I mean, I grew up in a time where there wasn't, you know, instant seasons on Netflix and all that stuff. So I know what it's like to have like a summer hiatus break or like when Lost was on and you'd have to wait like a year for it to come back. Same with 24. Like those are things that I really enjoyed that time in between where I could think about it and be like, I wonder what's going to happen, if this is going to happen, if that's going to happen. Like I thought that was fun. Just hopefully it's not when I'm 45 years old. I don't want to be that old going and seeing it. But you know what? I will. And I'll see it like five times. Because like I said before, this movie, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, perfect. The Rewatch Podcast is an Alpha Media production.